On this episode of Industry Relations, Rob and I talk about low inventory and interest rate lock-in. Let's go. This is Industry Relations, a podcast that's at the intersection of real estate and technology from an insider's perspective with Rob Hahn and Greg Robertson. Hi, everybody. This is Greg, and I'm really happy to announce that we have a new sponsor for Industry Relations, and that company is Zenlist. I've been tracking these guys a while. It's a great new uh, mobile application. Uh, You can do search, uh, tour scheduling, chat, client collaboration, listing input, all from any mobile device. These guys are pretty cool. Um, They've got about 100,000 agents across the United States. Um, So please visit Zenlist.com to schedule a demo. So if you're an MLS exec, you got to check this out. Visit Zenlist.com to schedule a a demo. And once again, my thanks goes out to Zenlist for sponsoring Industry Relations. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Industry Relations with Rob and Greg. This is your co-host, the notorious Rob Hahn. And as always with me is the fabulous Greg Robertson. Woo! Looking very Woo. British. No, where's your kilt, dude? I mean, you look tan, <laughs> which I wouldn't expect from a trip to the Emerald Isles there. But, uh, yeah. you know. Hola. Hola, man. Um, yeah, I just got back on uh, two days ago, late Saturday night. And we spent, yeah. for those of you who don't know, I was in uh, the UK, so we had... It was a long trip. We were, uh, I guess, 14 days. So six days in in London and wow. uh, did the whole tours of that thing. We did a walking tour in London, which is pretty cool. We actually got um, on and saw one day at Wimbledon, which was oh, wow. uh, a okay. really great um, experience. Of They have a whole program where you can, I mean, they you can skip there's a lottery to buy, buy tickets and then I think there's an aftermarket that they can give a scout. But there's another thing where you can join what they call the queue, um, which is not what the queue means here in the US. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, where you can stand in line and uh, and get good tickets, right? So me and my son and my uh, yeah. brother-in-law went out there and early, early that morning, Monday morning, and basically stood in line for about six hours and got tickets, really great seats for uh, court number one. Wow. I saw three great matches and that was, you know, it was awesome. Wow. We got inside the whole thing and had the strawberries wow. and cream and a few wow. uh, pints nice. and uh, so, it was, it was, it was spectacular. So Greg, when you joined this queue, did you have to give them your name, your identification? No, we, they, when we got there, they just handed us a ticket with a number no, right, on like it. When, okay. So when you joined the queue, you're anonymous. Right. So it's kind of a queue anon type situation. Oh, no. Sh- <laughs> I'm, I'm the one that tells the jokes here, buddy. and that's a terrible one so oh, you know yeah like i said it's not it's jokes. not what the, it's not q it's q u e u e right so. but it's spelled q I and mean, it's yeah. pronounced q that's awesome that's awesome uh, and right, then we well, went welcome back to yeah. scotland yeah. which was great oh that's awesome yeah and, and did that so uh yeah um still a little bit jet lagged but you know i'm sure happy to be here and uh, diving right back into the world of real estate in the United States, like, did you do any like real estate related stuff in the UK? Like, look at any of the, you know, yeah. I mean, all I did was like, like look at some of the outdoor, uh, you know, outside of the windows at, at different, you know, things. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't meet any real estate agents while I was there. I yeah. mean, you know, we had my kids. It was a, it, you know, again, I needed a vacation for my vacation. We were doing of so course, much shit. of course, it was crazy, of course. yeah. <laughs> I've I've always felt that going on vacation with your kids is not really a vacation, you know. It's more of a 
I don't know, educational tour Not for all, that yeah. benefit, you know. So, but welcome back. Welcome back. Thank you. Great to have you. So, uh, I thought, you know, because we hadn't really had a chance to prep, you know, with you being on the road and there's a lot of stuff going on. But there is one topic I thought is worth touching on, which is at this point, I feel like the entire world has woken up to the fact that the housing prices are not really coming down, <laughs> but it's because inventory is so short and the number of transactions here are going to be ridiculously low. Right. So the expectation is, of course, when you have you know lower demand and lower inventory, because that's what Redfin said, right? So yeah. Buyer demand is like all time lows, but buyer inventory is at lower still, right? Yeah. So, you know, that's why prices really haven't come down. You know, uh, our friend Keith Robinson at Next Home, I saw a video that he did on LinkedIn uh, talking about kind of around this topic, and he addressed a very particular phenomenon. I just thought I'd we'd chat about it and get your take. The phenomenon is interest rate lock, right? Right. And there's been a number of you know studies that are out saying something like something like 70, 80% of people have mortgage rates that are below 6%, you know, and like a lot below of, 5% or 4%. Below 5, yeah, yeah. There's something like 40 yeah. or 50% of people have below 3%. Yeah. Right. And the point is rates now are like north of 7%, like they're not selling. They're not selling. Um, and Keith was pointing out, look, that might be true, but a lot of them have enormous amounts of equity. A lot of these people who are homeowners, they're sitting on maybe three percent, four and a half percent, you know, rates, but they've got two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars of equity because home price has gone up so much, and they could move up if they wanted to, right? So, you know, the point is, go talk to those sellers, point out how they could move up, and yada yada. Yeah, that sounds like. What it's do you a, think? You know, yeah. So, two things, um, and I saw you comment that it's on Twitter, and I wrote a little quick post about it of Zillow's recent um, uh, chart that I think Fortune put together, Fortune Magazine yeah. put together about the appreciative homes since 2020. Yeah. And you're talking about, you know, some markets, like it was 53% from yeah. the price of the home went up from yeah, 2020 Florida, to now. Yeah. Um, some 35, some 19, right? I mean, that's just incredible. And I think yeah. your comment was like, who's gotten a raise a 20% raise or a 50% raise since 2020? And the answer obviously right. is nobody. That's um, right. But that goes to speak to your equity kind of thing there. No, it sounds like that's like, you know, again, maybe because I'm a vendor and I make CMA software, everything, I'm a hammer, everything looks like a nail. But that's a chart that, you know, somebody should make of like, if I'm an agent, like Express, well, yeah, you have a 3.5% mortgage rate right now. But let's took it, look at your equity, and if we apply that equity down on the next thing, that's going to bring it to this. And yep. over the long run, this is going to happen, right? So yep. um, I think somebody should do the math and, and then visual do a data <clears throat> visit of that and see if that works out. I'm not sure if that's going to work out. God, you know, if you got a, a rate below 3.5%, you, know, you still have a lot of, you know, that's still a lot that you have to make up for. But that is, that is, that is something definitely to look at. Um, right. But again, I think it's going to have to go back to, you know, you got to, what do they say? Date the rate, marry the, the house, right? Mm -hmm. um, I, I just, but I, I mean, I can't see, now Now, what I'm hearing the thing is, is like, okay, well, you know, we've had 10 months of, of 
the interest rate of, of sorry inflation going down it was as high as 11 or something and it's now down to three or whatever and we've had 10 consecutive months of that going down well we're going to get back to interest rates that are four or five percent or you know mm-hmm. four three or four percent that's the other myth that i see is starting to percolate right like mm-hmm. the myth before mm-hmm. was like the housing prices are going to go way down that's obviously not happened and now it's like well are people going to still think that those interest rates are going to go back down to to four percent or three mm-hmm. percent that's i don't think that's ever going to happen in our lifetime ever again um probably not um so so i don't know if this equ- i mean i guess somebody has to do the math and show me in a data viz chart whether what does that mean does does the having as much equity really if you're going to go buy another house really help you or are they talking about a lifestyle change where you go to rent and now you have you're sitting on a nest egg of three hundred thousand dollars that you can start a business with or right you know right. can start the planning of putting in the markets if you start a retirement is that is right. that the narrative there i don't i don't not sure exactly uh, i i didn't see the linkedin video so i'm not ex- exactly sure what he's saying there Right. No, he was making an interesting point. He was making a good point. I don't, and I so I, I agree with Keith on on most of it. The point I want to make with that, though, I started working on a piece, and I said I don't know if this is, but I figured you and I would discuss it. And so let me state the conclusion, and then I'll try and kind of tell you how I got there. Right. The conclusion for me is I think what this does is the Fed raising rates so dramatically, so fast. It wasn't even the amount; it was the speed, right? I think what it's done is I think it's wiped out marginal buyers and marginal sellers. So here's what I mean: by marginal, right? So if you have a serious life change, right? And the example would be like divorce. You get divorced. Well, the four Ds that we talk about, right? The four Ds, yeah. right? Or you die. Obviously, that's a lifestyle change. But you know what I mean, like you know, some serious, significant life change. You're like, well, diplomas, divorce, death. And, you know, whatever else. Yeah. yeah. You know, but it's like the whole, you just got relocated. You know, your job just moved you. So now you have to move. Okay. If you have to, then rates, none of that shit matters because you have to, right? But if, if you're not facing one of those, if it's just a move up, like, and, and this is where I think the marginal comes in. What I started imagining was, I remember buying my first condo. Like back in 1997, do you know what I mean? Like we bought a tiny little one bedroom condo because it was just me. And at the time, my fiance, you know, my wife, right? We don't have, and we had a baby, right? And moving from that one bedroom condo to a three bedroom starter home was a gigantic change. <laughs> like lifestyle change wise, right? It, it really is a huge change. And then we had a second kid. And it wasn't like, okay, you can accommodate that. And what I thought was if we had a third child in a three-bedroom apartment, in a three-bedroom starter home, right, would we have moved up? And the answer is that's when we're a marginal buyer. Right. That's what you're saying, right? It's like you, in you, other you, words, don't, like, you don't have to, but if, if, it's, if, the, if, if everything aligned, it, you, you could right. do it. Right. If the yeah. price is right, et cetera, it's like, okay, you know what, getting, moving up to a four-bedroom house would make life better for us. Right. right. But what's the cost? What's the da, da, da. and to me that's the marginal buyer, right? Right. The marginal seller as well, because then obviously you have to sell your starter home in order to move up. And I think that group is completely decimated because of interest rates. And I think if this interest rate lock in is at work anywhere, it's with that group. Right. And oh, I don't for know sure. who they I mean, are, right? Yeah. 
But I mean, that's something we talked about already. I mean, we've been talking about how the macro market has affected those, as you call them, marginal buyers and sellers, right? Where right. The, the four Ds are going to, you have to do that. But, Correct. But we were both surprised by how much the macro market has effect has an effect on that, right? And, and this so is far, what, I, right. what are they predicting right. the, what are they predicting the, the, I mean, I think I'm going to lose this bet because I think you were really pessimistic at the beginning of the year. What are they predicting the total sales now based upon? Um, yeah, it's, the it's latest, in the fours, right? It's in yeah, the fours. Yeah, the, the latest I saw was 4.2. Okay, so so if we're talking about a normal market is a 5.5, that sound right? Yeah, something like that, so, yeah, historically. So you can almost kind of then take do the math there and say, okay, well, hell, that's one point, you know, um, three, one point. It's a twenty to twenty-five percent decline, yeah, right? And which is which is which is uh, about the macro market, right? That are correct that tied to that. So it's that's an interesting kind of thing to think about going forward of like what that swing can be. I'm sure all the economists already think about this and know this, of course. But of um, course. but yeah, that's 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 crazy. And then right, but then the the crazier part is forget the lock-in, which we get. But these other these other factors, what we just talked about, you know, if you're a if you're in Orlando, I forget which which one it was, but it was like Tampa. I want to say it was like Tampa. Like it was like fifty percent. Yeah, a fifty percent increase in the price of your home. Now you got the double whammy, mm -hmm. right? Because now it's like, okay, let's say that I have to move, or even though on the marginal buyer, it's like, well, you know, Jesus, you know. You made that much there, but you're going to have to give it all back away That's to right. somebody else, right? That's right. Um, and yeah, then just some. just nuts. Yeah, and then yeah, some. it was Miami. Miami was fifty three point four forty three percent. Yeah, I mean, you know, Tampa was fifty five. So you're right. Yeah, that was the biggest jump here. But even a yeah. market like you know local where I know Riverside, right? That was still up like eighteen percent. I mean, yeah. I'm thinking like Riverside or no, sorry, um, I'm sorry, thirty. 38%. I mean, what what the hell? And the thing is, I think people are looking at the year-over-year -year change and saying, oh, home prices have dropped, right? Because they're looking at like 7% declines in Las Vegas and things like that. Like, oh, it's dropped from the peak. And I'm like, fuck the peak, dude. Look at from 2019, right? <laughs> like, yeah. And again, my thing is like, but no one's made that much money. Nobody got right. raises. Nobody got 50% raises in two years. Right? Yeah. So yeah. housing affordability is utter crap because of it. But here's the thing. I think we have, we have been seeing this. We've been hearing this. Um, I think Mike Simonson, for example, a couple of weeks ago, put out a tweet saying, it looks like the consumer has adjusted to the new mortgage rates. Like we're starting to see more like mortgage applications and things yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. right? Purchase mortgage. I'm like, yeah, that's true. I'm willing to bet that those are first-time buyers, right? Because again, to go back to they that, they can't like, wait of, any longer, right? So there's like, okay, this only, is the new normal, blah blah blah. Not only that, but I, like I said, the utility, right? You know, there's like the the benefit you get going from renting to owning. It's it's a it's it's a world of difference, right? It's a huge huge jump. Yeah, going from a like a small one bedroom condo to a you know a house a detached house. It's a big jump, yeah. right? 
So I think those people are willing to do that. And like, whatever, 7%, and I have a 3% rate, who cares? I'm going to go from a tiny studio condo that I was sharing with my wife to we're going to move into a three-bedroom house because we're going to have a kid, right? Yeah. That's a dramatic change. Going from a three-bedroom starter home to a four-bedroom move-up home, I mean, it's a change, Right, but it's not a dramatic change. Yeah, do you, you want to you want to swallow that bill for that? Correct. Change correct. for that little of a change. Correct. Right? Yeah. Correct, and that's the issue, right? So this rate thing is coming in because again, we get. I think we still get like postcards and emails from random, like, hey, you know, rates, whatever, and you know, did you know your home value went up thirty percent or forty percent, whatever? So, da da da, and we're looking at it like. But based on these rates, right, uh, we would end up settling for a crappier house. Like if we would sell our house right now and capture our gains, and then we move. We'd have to move to a smaller, crappier house at the same payment. Why would we do that? No one's going to do yeah. that. Right? Well, I mean, I think that's why we're seeing, and it just goes back to our kind of conversation with Keith, was the new home market, right? Because they can play with that stuff. That's and right. that's why you know they're doing so well there, right? That's Is right. That that's perfect for the situation you talk about, right? Where that's if right. I'm going to go into an existing home, um, you're going to have to cut. You get, that, that's a, a thing you got to you know deal with as far as interest rate. But the the builders will play with that thing to kind of get you in that inventory. Um, that's right. Yeah. And then yeah. The, the other area where this really really hurts are all the retirees, right? the old people who normally would have been like, okay, well the kids have moved out, and this is where even the four Ds are no longer applying. Right, because used to be the the D the diploma piece, you're now an empty nester, right? And now this four bedroom house is too big for you. You know what? Let's sell. Let's capture some of the gains. We'll move into a smaller thing that's appropriate for you know two people, right? Etc. I think now what's happening is they're looking at like, but I we have a three percent rate. Like, why would we sell? Yeah, and then buy a smaller, crappier place at a much higher like? No, we'll just keep it. We've been living here 10 years anyway. We love our home. We'll just keep yeah. it. We'll just onto it. Maybe we'll pass it on to our kids or something, but you know, there's no reason to leave. So if that's a scenario, the question is, how do you unlock the inventory? Yeah, I mean, and then that's the question for sure. Then the other question yeah. is like, what is going to change? I mean, what, what makes this thing change in the next year? Again, if if we if we if we feel that the interest rates are not going to go back down to four yep. percent, if we feel that you know there's just not going to be a you know a bunch of houses coming on the market because of foreclosure, we're not definitely in a two thousand eight situation. Not, nope. nope. Right. Nope. I mean, what what actually changes here to make things you know because this is affecting everybody. This industry, you know, with if if you have less transaction, this affects. Associations, MLSs, vendors, agents, brokers, franchisors, you know, termite inspectors, builder. I mean, everybody, right? So I just, that that's the kind of really, that's a tough question to ask. It's like, how, I mean, what, you know, it's not, I don't, I don't see us a way out of this. Uh, you know, there's no magic bullet here. And like, what does that mean? Is that, is this a new normal? Right. And, and is home ownership now just for the 
you know, the one percenters, as you call, you know, as we talked about before. Pretty much. God. Pretty much. Or, right? or so just the- open up, you know, more, you know, th- there is now going to be, I guess, with the COVID stuff, there was this whole thing of like, you know, people from San Francisco moving to Sacramento. But now is it going to sure. be more of a, I'm moving from California to Nebraska, loving Nebraska, because our mm-hmm. producers are from Nebraska. But I mean, um, to buy a home, right? I mean, it's it's just, right. it's that type of thing. These flyover states become the new places to go to kind of buy a, a starter home, right? Yeah, <laughs> no, that's already happened, right? That's already yeah. happening. The issue is your job, right? So yeah, it, it made sense during the COVID thing, right? When all of a sudden it's like, okay, everybody work from home. Cool, I'm making San Francisco wages, but I can move to Oklahoma? Like, yeah. I mean, that makes all sense in the world. But as you know, we've discussed, like a number of companies are starting to backpedal yeah. from that. And not like, everybody yeah, has those kind of jobs, right? I mean, not everybody has those kind that. of jobs, right? Or you just straight up go, hey, you know what? We're, we're hurting, so we're going to lay off. Okay, now what? Right. Um, so, yeah, I think this is kind of the new normal. I think we're, what we're headed – now, here's where I differ. I'm like, yeah, it is a new normal, foreseeably, predictably. Thing I don't get though, I don't believe this is this is not sustainable. Right? Like just as a country, we are not a country that's just premised upon the wealthy elites own everything and then everybody else just you know become tenant farmers. Like that's just not our in our nature. Like that's Europe, right? Europe has been that way f- since like the Middle Ages. Asia's been that way since you know whatever time of Genghis Khan. That's not America, right? So I don't know that we would tolerate that. And then you have to go, okay, what happens as a result of that? So in other words, let's say we're at like 4 million homes sold this year, right? Let's say interest rates are 8% going forward, uh, but homes are still increasing at 10% a year or whatever, you know, like whatever it is. So we just have like entire generations of young people like, I can't ever buy a house. I don't think Americans will stand for that. I just don't. And we have an election year coming up. So what are we going to see? Are we going to see crazy rent control? Like what are we going to, like we're going to see something, right? Yeah, I mean, we're see something you know, is it, to bring I don't it all want down. this to happen, but is it like forty-year mortgages? Is it you know some other kind of other financial? Um, it's already mechanisms happening. to make an, to yeah. make that kind of stuff happen. I mean, ninety-year you know, mortgage, you know, like okay, like, are we going to? So are we going to tolerate that, right? Well, I know they have some that kind of stuff in Japan, right? Where it's a, a multi-generational mortgage, right? No, I think Japan is going the other direction. Like Japan, so the thing about Japan is their property prices have been flat for about 20 years, I think, right? Because they have these various policies are like, no, you're not expected to get rich off your home, right? So I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just saying like, if this is the new normal, it's not going to be the new normal for long. And I mean, it, it, it does smell like a, a, an opportunity. I mean, and we've talked about this before. Uh, there was a great talk about this that I think it was Alex Rample made from Idris, you know. Yeah, um, A6NC, yeah. Where how, you know, home ownership in this country has basically been an all-in, all-out situation where either like 100% on the freaking – tab for it or you have zero equity or any care right, like your right. renter or a home owner right if you're if you're owning it like if something happens it's all on you 
you're renting, yeah. it's all on the landlord. And yeah. that, you know, is there a financial product or mechanism where we can, we can take that the banks and the consumer are aligned, right? Where co-ownership, yeah, yeah. Co-ownership, but like they both partake in the equity, you know, um, event that is going to happen later on. So if right. I'm going to do a mortgage with, let's say, you know, um, Goldman Sachs, right? Um, I'm going to buy a million dollar home. I'm going to only pay 500,000. I'm on the hook for 500,000. They're on the hook for the other 500 and, and yeah. whatever that works out to. But when it's sold, I get half of, of what that is. It smells like mm -hmm. there's, and, and, you know, and then what, what, <laughs> what 20 years later is a product, a financial product like that. <laughs> How does that wreck our economy? Um, you know, freaking 20 years from now, right? Um, that, that's the fear there. But <laughs> there's got to be some yeah. innovative ways of getting out of it for sure. I, I'm actually unsure what that's going to be. Um, because now, having said that, I do think about like the banking crisis that we've had this year, right? Like the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank and all these other things. We know for a fact that a lot of it was connected to the MBS mortgage-backed securities that they were holding completely dropping in value because rates went crazy. Well, they went crazy so was, in, in, a, in a very quick manner. The, correct, right. Yeah. Correct. So a lot of these guys were holding bonds you know, that were like paying 2%, and all of a sudden rates are like 7 and they're like, well, the bonds are paying 2% isn't worth the yeah. paper it's written on. You know? so, like, but if they held these like the equity instruments, that would be different, right? If they didn't hold bonds like that, if they held I, yeah. this whatever thing is 50% ownership in Greg's house, and Greg's house went up 40% in value, so therefore the value of the security went up 40%. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe that's how you the, stabilize a, the banking a, it system. It would be not a mortgage-backed security, but it would be like a mortgage-backed equity security. Like, yeah, it would be like an equity-backed security of some yeah, kind. Yeah, right? equity-backed I mean, security, that, exactly. Yeah, is that something that's possible? I don't know. Maybe I mean, we I just so made may, We should open up a freaking house here in Estelvis. When was that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure there are a whole bunch of very well-funded companies that are trying to make something like this happen. Yeah. I, I imagine they're probably running into all sorts of uh, regulations that make that very, very hard. Um, but yeah, I just want to talk about like this whole rate lock thing. The issue is the marginal buyer. And when, for real estate, the issue is the marginal buyer is the marginal seller. And to your point, like, yeah, new home construction is reaping the benefits of that. There's some real negatives to new construction, though, right? And it's something that I, like, I've brought up in the past and it just doesn't get addressed, which is the thing about new construction is that it's brand new. So it's nowhere near anywhere you want to be, typically, right? So take like Houston, for example, which is where I have the most experience. New construction in Houston right now is like 45 minutes outside the city, right? So right. what happens if you want to live closer to the stadium or closer to downtown? New construction is not an option. You well, know? I mean, but it's a better option than moving to Nebraska. And that's <laughs> a, you know, I mean, you know, if that's the other option of like getting into a house you can afford. I mean, it, it's not ideal, but I mean, at least sure. it's, it's better than, than having to move out of state, right? So sure. I mean, there's, there, there's gotta be sacrifices that are made there. Like, I mean, I, and, and again, that's a big, that might be, you know, but I think your first condo, it wasn't where you wanted to be. Oh, it was actually. 
Okay, but I mean, a lot of people, their first purchase isn't the ideal home. It's their starter home. It's like, okay, we're we're going to get, so that's not a, you know, that, that, that problem, the problem you laid out of like the new homes are somewhere else. That's not a, uh, a new thing. I mean, people have to sacrifice when they, um, but for the marginal buyer, I think you're, I I do get your point where in a marginal thing, you want to upgrade to something that's, you know, you, 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 you know, you, you kind of, uh, compromised and now you, now you reap the benefits and want to move to something where you're not compromising as much and get that's right. really what you wanted to begin with. But that's right. I think you're exactly right on that. For that's sure. right. So, I mean, from a broker agent standpoint, I think when you're talking to like a seller, I mean, I think it probably pays to think about that marginal utility piece. Notice like, okay, I'm talking to this homeowner, they're a young family, they have two kids, in a three-bedroom house. Okay, if they have a third kid, that's going to be real the tight, right? But the trade-off isn't, like, if you just go and say, hey, you know, you have all this equity, you should upgrade to a bigger house with a swimming pool. Like, I don't know if that's going to play ball as much as they could just have their kids, you know, room together. They could get bunk beds. Like, whatever you're offering has to be better than that, right? You know what I mean? Like, it's it's almost that type of thing. Um and I'm sure the great agents out there are doing that. You know, they're thinking about their clients and say, okay, what's your life situation? Is this the right time? Or quite frankly, from a fiduciary standpoint, you should be like, you know what, you shouldn't. Just get right. a bunk bed for now. Right. Just get a bunk bed or rent it out and then move to Kansas. You know, I mean, like, whatever. You know, yeah, like, but I mean, I've seen some of those agent videos, let's say three months ago, four months ago. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what? If uh, you know, and these are also the financial gurus. Like, you know, if you're thinking about buying a used car, I would wait. Also, a house, if you really don't have to move, wait 12 months. Yeah. But again, now it's like, what's going to change in 12 months? Right. It's only you know, going to get worse. Uh, here, here's what, what could change is you could buy a house now and it could be up 38% next year. That, that could That's change. Right. That's right? right. But I mean... As far as the rates going down or the price of homes going down, no, that's not going to change. No. So there is a narrative there to say it is a good time to buy. Right? I mean, you know, uh, everybody can spend these things any way they want. So no, it's you But if it's a good time to buy, it's not a good time to sell. Yeah. Right. I mean, I'm sorry. Like the whole, you know, it's a great time to buy well, and it, sell. It's, you know, you had a situation here in California for a while where you did have a perfect storm where. The, the home prices were way up. You could sell it. And, and, they, and here's the, here's the, you know, here's the other part is that they, if they stayed, they'd be even way more up, but they, mm-hmm. but the problem is back then you could move from California to let's say Arizona. Sure. And basically go into a home in Arizona sure. where you didn't owe anything and sure. had some money on the side. Right? So, sure. Geographic arbitrage. Right. But that, that kind of stuff is not happening any longer. Th- those kind of deals are, 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 are I, th- I think they before. still exist, right? I think they still exist, but to your point, you really have to do geographic arbitrage then. So you'd have to sell a place in like Newport Beach yeah. you know, for like $4 million and then move to Nebraska. Yeah. Right. And, you know, there's some, there's some arguments you made that depending on your lifestyle, that might make a ton of sense. But most people who live in Newport Beach, I imagine, aren't going to enjoy living in a Nebraska. You know what I mean? Like, I just right. don't think their lifestyle works. Right. But I right. mean, you know, there, there's a, there's something there where, 
you know, and, and we all see this, like when we're like traveling, it's like, Oh my God, look at that home. What, you know, look at the land they got, you know, especially coming from Southern California. It's crazy. Sure. Right. I mean, sure. Uh, imagine, uh, you know, an, an agent whose niche is I'm going to like, you know, okay. You may not think Idaho, you may not think Arizona, you might not think Nebraska is whatever, but I'm going to find this, these premium homes with a lot of land and everything else and, and type up the lifestyle thing there. And then I'm going to market to Huntington Beach or Irvine people saying, listen, yeah, I know yeah. you got it great here, right? But if you can work yeah. from home, let me, here are 10 homes in 10 different markets that you, you I know you haven't considered, but take yeah. a look at this. Yeah. You know, here's the school ratings. Here's the, you know, whatever. And like make people go, fuck, man, I can move there. I don't have a mortgage anymore, Right. And, you know, there's just that list of benefits they put like, okay, here, here's what you are now. Here's what you could be. Yeah. You may, you know, yeah, it snows, it gets colder, right? You know, there's not, you know, you can't, there's not as, there's, you know, a third you know less of Starbucks. Yeah. 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 But yeah. imagine right now you didn't have to pay a mortgage, what your life would be. You could, you could go on vacation. You could do, you know, there's this lifestyle kind of, uh, <laughs> marketing that people could kind of, agents could kind of drip into right um that i think would be really interesting to see that would be interesting i wonder if that could apply so here's what i wonder i wonder if you could do that for uh entire companies right so oh, as I'm, someone yeah, who's, yeah. Who, as someone who's been a company owner right imagine it's not just because it's not just you moving to idaho what if it's yeah. like hey are you a company are you a business owner move the entire business yeah. along with all your people to this yeah. wherever, right? Because sure. now you get rid of the job issue, right? It's not yeah. if you can work from home. It's like, you know what? No, I have an auto welding shop or some kind. All right, move the entire operation yeah. to Kansas City because uh, this neighborhood needs an auto welding shop. And now you, your four employees, oh, yeah. and your entire business can move. I wonder if something like that would yeah. be... You know what? If you're listening to this and you, you know, maybe go reach out to like some commercial broker that you know and have a conversation like, hey. Well, yeah, it goes back to your kind of like, uh, uh, and this is a little bit a stretch, but I don't think that much. It yeah. is like brokerages or agents that, that really leverage what they are, that they know that a certain brand of people are into. Like the guys that you said was like into um home protection guns sure, and stuff. And sure, that, that was sure. his part of his whole thing was like, that was his persona. And he attracted that kind of people, uh, you know, who just yeah. had a post on this was, um, Brian Barrero from thousand one. If like, imagine yeah. if Taylor Swift said, I'm, I'm, I'm recommending real estate agents and to yeah. tap into that fan base. Right. I mean, that's a little bit off the thing, but I mean, if you, if you really leveraged lifestyle, yeah, you know, this is what your life is now. And this is what your life is after that and yeah there's some sacrifices but the fucking upside are crazy uh, upside are nuts all right so i got i got this and I, we only have four minutes left so i, I want to put this <laughs> out there as an idea for our listeners okay here's the idea focus specifically on medical practices okay all right so what you do is as a as a residential agent you go talk to like the doctor right and then you bring a commercial buddy along and says okay you have this type of medical practice with you know this many this your whatever patients this that or the other thing you could replicate this in this other city 
right? Where there's a lack of your particular specialty or whatever. And home prices are a third of what they are here. So if you sell all of, you know, blah, 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 sell here and then move to this other city, you and your entire staff, all your nurses, all your people improve your life. Uh, office rent is going to be a third and it will take you this much time to, you know, bring your practice back up. Move the entire thing. And I say right. medical practice specifically because that's the one thing that I don't care. Like every town, every city in America, there, there, there's never like, oh, we have too many doctors. You know? Oh, we have too right. much health care. Like nobody's saying that. Everyone's like, we have too few. You know, the wait times are too long or whatever. So I want to hear more about this. Like I want to hear somebody do this and like yeah. let us know like would that work. Interesting. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> anyway, all right. We got to wrap. So – Wonderful to have you back this inside the United States. I know. Good Lord. Greatest Thank country, God. you know? It is. Actually, so let's leave with this. Uh, now that you've actually spent so much time in the UK, could you see yourself living in the UK? Uh, no. I mean, I, again, I like to visit there. It'd be nice to have, um, not live there, no, but, you know, to visit, sure. <laughs> Because America. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, you know, listen, I live in I live in a place. I live in Southern California. This is where people come to vacation. I live in a vacation. That's people true. come to vacation. Yeah. I mean, that's true. Uh, I used I was born in Seattle and, and grew up a little bit in Seattle. And, you know, that's what London reminds me of is rain mm. and big city. And I love that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I, yeah. I like it here in Huntington Beach. All right. All right. Well, with that, uh, thanks, everybody, for listening to Scramble. And uh, we will see you next time. Thanks. Listen, content is everything. Two Brothers Creative makes it look easy. Right now, business owners really only have two options. The first option is hire a big firm. Now, this big firm is going to come in, make you think that they invented all the algorithms and start charging you thousands of dollars every month. You don't want to do that. Second option is to do it yourself. Well, that means you got to learn SEO, SEM, copywriting, marketing techniques on the web. Ugh, you should be really focusing on your own product. But now there's a third option. It's called content in a box. Give Two Brothers Creative 30 minutes a week and they'll handle everything. Plus, they'll show you how to bring it in-house later on. They'll rebuild your marketing foundation and give you tools and techniques and a new marketing playbook that'll actually produce real results and help you grow your business. Two Brothers Creative will give you the confidence and know-how to tell the SEOs and SEMs and all those other acronyms to get fucked. You're in control now. Get started today at thecontentbox.com.